So, um, hello everyone and welcome to this week's um, episode of our Manufacturing Tech podcast. Uh, today we are speaking with uh, Kevin Clark uh, from Accruent. And Kevin, can I ask you to introduce yourself? Sure, thanks Daniela. Uh, yeah, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm Vice President of Product and Industry Marketing here at Accruent. Um, been here just over a year, but been with the, uh, the 40 businesses for uh, about five years now. Perfect. Thank you, Kevin. Um, myself, I am Daniela Philip. I am part of our marketing team, uh, focusing on the industrial products that Accruent offers. And today I invited Kevin to speak with us uh, about what uh, 2021 meant for the industrial uh, sector, specifically as far as tech goes, as well as maybe share some predictions that he might have for next year. And uh, to start off the conversation, uh, what will be your predictions for 2022? Do you think it's going to be similar? Are we still going to be struggling with the same things we've been struggling so far? Or, or do you see maybe some light at the end of the tunnel for next year? Well, I, yeah, I definitely don't want to put a, a negative light on 21. Um, we had a good year. Um, we didn't get rid of the pandemic. Um, but, uh, you know, that's the challenge that we have. The pandemic did a lot of cool things for us in regards to um, accelerating the adoption of technology. Um, I think 21, we could s safely say we didn't adopt it quite as rapidly as what we thought we would, mm -hmm. but we're still moving much faster than we were, let's say in, in 2019. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to make it as if it's negative. It just didn't meet our lofty expectations of, Mm -hmm. of, of 2021, uh, 2022, I, I kind of think 2022 is like the, um, is the, is the 2021, um, redo. Okay. Um, so now in 2022, um, with vaccines in place, um, with people coming back together, conferences are opening up again. Um, face-to-face -face education is opening up again. Um, people are beginning to congregate at offices again. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's ever going to be the same, Daniela, like it was before yeah. where we just have hundreds and hundreds of people in the office. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a different environment. It's going to be a different experience. Um, and the, the, but the, but the interesting part is that, that as we come back to offices, some people want to come. Others don't. Others have really embraced this remote, and and let's let's work really hard at that, and making sure that if we can be remote, let's be remote. But then there's the other side of it that says, but I want to go back to the office. I want to engage with people. I want mm -hmm. I want that social aspect, and so it's going to be somewhere in the middle there, maybe not quite the middle, but somewhere mm -hmm. in the middle there that that um, that we're going to see technology just um, accelerate significantly. Um, and then from a manufacturing standpoint, you know, you can, you can say, well, most of manufacturing didn't get the luxury of, of going home and being remote. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, what I'm seeing now, especially through some of the university studies and, and, and um, just movement in the industry, mm -hmm. I'm starting to see uh, manufacturing move in a way that they're, thinking about remote. How do I do manufacturing remote? You know, back in the day, uh, probably well before you were born, <laughs> back in the day, we talked about lights out manufacturing. 
And lights out manufacturing was us having the capability of doing manufacturing without being there. Okay. So we were continuing to produce product when all the rest of us were home sleeping. Mm-hmm. And so that was the concept of lights out manufacturing. Now, today, I think we're moving faster and, and more precisely to something that resembles that. And lights out manufacturing allows us to, to still produce products mm-hmm. and not necessarily be in the facility. Um, and so I think that's going to move rapidly. I think 2022 is going to be an exciting year for that. We're talking more and more about remote for manufacturing. And so that kind of changes the way we think about the, the, the scheme of things for, for manufacturing and, and why we're building technology, not just to improve efficiencies at a, at a facility, but also to allow people to have flexibility in how they uh, plan their day. Um, so I see, I see a lot of that coming in 2022, a lot of really interesting conversations about how I produce a product. And so I'm looking forward to that part. How we get people back to work, that's, that's going to be an interesting challenge because there's so many different opinions and views and, and expectations for that. That's, that's a moving target. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but looking forward to it. And, yeah. um, and maybe even building some extra interesting 2022 technology that um, maybe accelerates that even more. Brilliant. Well, it sounds like uh, 2022 might have a lot of potential and, and some quite exciting opportunities, but um, what do you think might be some mistakes that uh, companies might be making right now as they're preparing for next year, which would stop them from achieving these um, cool opportunities? Um, I would say, uh, and and. I guess there's there's going to be schools of thought on this, but from my perspective, it's I think companies have to be careful of of not moving fast enough, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, you know, I I think um, it it may be hard to see how technology in some businesses because I, I think um, we all may be surprised how many processes out there still have almost no more automation to them. There's still very manual processes out there. Mm-hmm. So I think in some of those industries, it might be really hard to see how their competitors who basically build the products the same way, that technology might be impactful. But I, I, think, that's, I think that's where um, mistakes can easily be made where you make the assumption that, well, you can't really use technology in the way that I make my products. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling that... Um, that as we evolve, some companies are going to evolve faster. Mm-hmm. Some people, some companies are going to find technology that accelerates and is game changing, like overnight kind of game changing uh, competition uh, mm-hmm. producing their products. Um, I think I think any company is at risk of underestimating their competition and the technology that they adopt. Right? Yeah success of technology has everything to do with the leadership and the cultural shift that they're able to accomplish has everything to do with that. And And so companies differ in that. 
And you also mentioned earlier about uh, return to the office being one of the big questions of the year. Do you think that might also factor into how successful companies will be next year? I do. Um, I think I think there's an element of companies putting too much focus on trying to decide whether they stay remote or, or get back to the office. I, I do think that some companies may be putting too much effort into that. Um, I think the companies that might um, might actually move faster are the ones that just say, hey, let's just stay remote or let's just continue to work in the office and let things happen naturally. Because mm -hmm. some companies like your pure cloud companies, maybe they can stay 100% remote and never have to come back to an office again. Yep. But other companies have to play it out because they are a mix of manufacturing and maybe some, some process industries and maybe they got some distribution. And, and um, so the company is very diverse. And so for them to solve that may pull away, may pull their um, focus off of competing and more onto, do I go remote or not? And I, yeah. I think it takes away from their effectiveness in the market. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, everyone's been talking so much this year about this return to the office and how to do it and how, when to do it and stuff. Like it's almost yeah. getting a bit uh, tiresome to, to listen yeah. to overwhelming. This and, and, yeah. Overwhelming to yeah. talk about it so much. So yeah, I, I, I agree. Maybe it's something that <laughs> we shouldn't focus too much on. Yep. Um, and uh, in terms of, um, so your vision um, that you described before with the lights out manufacturing, um, can you make any specific predictions in terms of engineering document management, as well as maintenance management that we kind of need to achieve in order to go in that direction? Yeah. Um, yes. I can. Um, this is a it, this is a, a really wide subject. Um, but when you when you think about when you think about being able to do things and not physically be there, um, I become very dependent upon systems, very dependent upon data, very dependent upon someone else that might actually be there. Um, so the level of criticality for your assets in your facility um, rises. The level of criticality for the data that you're receiving from those assets rises. Mm -hmm. um, the, the level of importance for visibility into the plant as it's running and you're remote, all that rises. So, uh, you know, I mentioned it before that the, you know, the, the data that we're collecting and we're, and we're collecting it differently today, mm -hmm. we use it today. As soon as we collect it, we use it. Um, and it, its importance doesn't diminish as, as we, we use it. It goes away in a database and now we can trend, we can, we can look for patterns with artificial intelligence, we can do lots of things then that is a continuous improvement process so that data remains important even after we use it the first time. So um, I, guess, I guess the point that I'm trying to get to is that, that it's so much more important that our processes um, are accurate and the data that it's generating is accurate 
um, because we have technicians on the plant floor that are performing work, but it may be scheduled halfway around the world. Mm -hmm. And so the interaction between them, the connectivity between technicians and operators and uh, leaders and then planners and schedulers and that um, has all lifted up in the importance of how we capture that data and then what we do with it. No, that's a great point. And um, I think also maybe this is a more personal question, but uh, seeing as you have uh, quite a few years of experience in the manufacturing industry, I'm curious to know, um, what are your personal resolutions for 2022 in terms of keeping up with the industrial market? Yeah, you know, I, we've talked a little bit about this before, but mm -hmm. one of the things that that I, I um, hold near and dear is the fact that you know 20 and 30 years ago i could outthink technology i could mm -hmm. i could see places that i would love to be from a technology standpoint um and it just wasn't available yet right so you you know it's um even even when we had back in the day when we had things called plug and play where we could plug them in and they instantly worked mm -hmm. um it never really worked it was not that good right but yeah. it was a great term but it, it never really worked the way we wanted it to. Um, but I, I always imagine day when it would start actually working out the way you anticipated it to work out. But today, when I think about technology, I just can't outthink it, right? So I, I think about, well, what if I could do this over here? Um, what, if, what if I could have a robot do um, uh, a manufacturing job? Mm -hmm. What if I could have a robot make hamburgers? Um, you know, what if I could have a robot go around and take uh, thermal imaging pictures of a motor? Yeah. Um, you know, what if I could do all of those things? You know, and, and I'm giving examples of all things that we can do today. Um, you know, what if we could have a drone that flew out and took a reading off of a um, off of a pump in the middle of Texas? Um, and nobody was around except that drone. You know, all of these things are really interesting, fun things that we could do, um, but they're all possible today. We can do them today. Um, so for me, um, that ability to be able to do most of the things that you can imagine I know there's other people out there that have bigger imaginations than I have that probably could still outthink technology. Um, but from an asset management standpoint, we have everything we need mm -hmm. today to go be successful with technology. We just have to find the creative and uh, beneficial ways of, of deploying uh, that technology. And I think there's, there's that level of fear. And I think all of us have it, whether you're on the, the vendor side and, and you're actually building products, mm -hmm or you're over on the side of, I have to go buy technology and then deploy it in my manufacturing plant. I think that fear is out there, Daniela, that, yeah. that if I buy software or some technology this year, mm -hmm. am I making a good decision? Is it at the tail end of its, um, at the tail end of its applicability? And then in six months, we come up with something completely new and it's 10 times better than what they just bought six months earlier. Yeah, that is a that is a real fear for um, vendors and um, yeah. companies that are 
manufacturing products. That is an absolutely true fear because that technology is moving that fast. And it goes back to the point, I can't outthink technology because we're just mm -hmm. moving that fast. But we have to put our, um, um, we have to uh, lock in a position, mm -hmm. understand the technology that we have, and then start building around that. Technology will change. And we have to understand that. So that's why it's so important that, that companies and people um, educate themselves on what this technology is all about. That's really good. That's good advice. And um, that brings me um, to our last question, because as you just mentioned, companies will have to make some hard choices in terms of do I invest now? Which technology do I invest in? Um, and um, seeing as that going to be a big part of 2022 as well, uh, what other advice could you give uh, manufacturing companies as they're making their plans for next year? Yeah. So the, I think the primary thing would be making incremental moves. Um, make moves that make sense for your business. Um, like we talked a little while ago, talked about a little while ago, the um, find the th problems that you need to solve and go solve those. Don't make up new problems because your competitors might be working on that. Make up problems that your company needs solved and needs solved immediately and let technology then guide and direct. Um, be careful um, getting caught up in pilot mode where you are just got pilots running all over the facility and then you let that pilot define your strategy. Figure out what the bigger strategy is for your business in asset management and then start making incremental moves. And so don't make the, don't make the mistake of going out and buying a great big platform and then, and then go and try to solve your problems with that big platform, go solve some problems, go figure out what technology your company needs. And I, I think the other thing, Danielle, that I want to bring up is, is understanding the generational gaps. Hmm. Um, because every generation brings value because they bring a different perspective. And these last two generations, um, we won't talk about Generation A because Generation A is still at the oldest, nine years old. We'll talk about uh, Generation uh, Y and Z, the millennials and the, and the Z generation. But those two generations were essentially raised on digital technologies. My generation, X generation, um, we weren't. We evolved into digital. And so we had to learn it on the fly. And the, the, but the challenge is, and this is, this is why I think it's so important, is, is those of us that evolved into technology from the X generation and maybe even baby boomers generation, um, we're the ones making the decisions. And I think that's one of the challenges right now is that those that are highly digitally inclined, those generations um, are the ones that we're building systems for. And so we need to make sure that we bring them into the conversation um, because everything they do um, is digital. And their expectation, their lofty expectation is that companies apply digital technologies where it makes sense. And they don't want to do it. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm on their side these days. I, I've had to learn the hard way, but I'm on their side that if, if it's, if it's not digital, you have to ask why. Mm -hmm. Is it not digital? Um, and if it, if it is digital, 
you also have to ask why and are we going far enough with it? Um, but we are moving rapidly into a digital age and we need to make that consideration. We need to bring those younger generations in for all those big decisions to figure out, are we moving in the right direction and are we moving fast enough? That's very good. Thank you very much, Kevin. That was a good insight and I think something that I really haven't heard talked about much recently. So uh, thank you for that piece of advice. And sure. uh, that is going to wrap up our conversation for today. Um, thank you very much, Kevin, for sharing your insights and uh, some of your experience, as well as these uh, really interesting predictions for next year. Um, hopefully, this will give people something to think about as they're making their plans for 2022. Um, if people want, there should be links uh, to additional materials under the description of this uh, episode. Uh, thank you again, Kevin, and I hope to see you again next year in one of our episodes. Great. Thank you, Danielle.